Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Sherry Swartz from Ovation CXN. Sherry, it's nice to have you on. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited about today's discussion. So first off, can you tell me a bit about yourself and about your company and your role and what you're up to? Yeah. So I've been in marketing for roughly 14, 15 years. I actually started my career in sales. So I always like to say that it's been interesting. And I think it makes you a stronger marketer sometimes where you've sat in that seat in sales, you've sat with customers, you know what it's like to have great marketing support or poor marketing support. So I was able to do that for four years selling to the military. I worked for a government distributor. And then I transferred over into marketing and started in product marketing and worked to grow and manage teams for various organizations. And then have had the opportunity really for the last about four years or so, manage and grow marketing teams. So I have spent most of my career in startup scale-up organizations. I think it's the thrill of the chase and the thrill of building from scratch, whether it's building a marketing organization from scratch or a company really building from scratch. So I had the pleasure and the opportunity of joining Ovation CXM since May. And it's a startup scale-up CXM organization that's really breaking down barriers and challenging the status quo and building a new category. And I'm also building a marketing team from scratch in the process. I love that. So let's dive into that. You know, you joined back in May. Uh, what have your initial priorities been and areas of focus from a marketing perspective? So the organization has changed over time, and we have a an industry-leading CXM platform that's really changing the norm and challenging the norm in SaaS technology and banking organizations. It's a product that really could go wide for a variety of industries, but we're seeing really, really great success in fintech and banking and, and SaaS tech. But our messaging needed to change. Our company has evolved with the creation of and the success of this technology. So it was interesting. I was a team of one in May and there were a couple of things that we needed to tackle. I needed to get the right leaders hired on the team in product marketing and content marketing. Really look at the balance of who am I hiring on staff and who am I partnering with agency-wise because I can't hire 10 marketers at once and scale efficiently and effectively. But at the same time, this summer has all been about rebrand and rebuild. So we launched the name of our organization in May. We were named Boomtown. And so in September, we relaunched as Ovation CXM to tie ourselves to the industry that we're in in CXM. And, and we have a product that excites and we want to have our product create standing ovations. So we thought, why not name it Ovation CXM? But with that, we've rebranded our coloring and our brand identity visually, as well as our value proposition. And so with that was new collateral, new messaging, and just two short weeks, we're going to launch a brand new website because we are really trying to change how people interact with our brand. I love that. So one of the things we talked about is B2B marketing is going through a lot of change right now. So, you know, there's tactics, channels, strategies that are maybe becoming more outdated. And there's those that are, you know, becoming more relevant. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. And then let's dive into some of the details. Yeah, the way that we all marketed 10 years ago is not the way that you market today. And I would also challenge the fact that the way that you market in 2022 is not the way that you're going to be able to market in 23. So much change happens in marketing. And I think a lot of times, marketers get stuck by 
And I think it depends on really the philosophy of the organization that surrounds them, but they get stuck in being a lead generation machine. And that sometimes I think severs bridges between sales and marketing because you become so focused on just getting the leads and you're gating a lot of content. And I think that opens up the great gate debate to gate or not to gate. But, you know, I think that when you become very lead generation focused, you don't focus on the quality. It all becomes very quantities driven. You then toss a lot of people that are not ready to buy into a sales organization that then is flooded with leads, but then saying, but these aren't ready. They're not good enough. And then they sit and you're lead to opportunity ratios are low. Your opportunity to close one ratios are low. Your customer acquisition costs are high and skewed. And there's just frustration all around. I think we have to get back into the basics. I think that we actually have to get back into creating the demand and then capturing that demand and letting those quality leads come through. More and more, the B2B buyers are mimicking that of a B2C consumer. And we have to, as a B2B marketing organization, and I would say for any B2B marketing organization, we have to remember that and remind ourselves of that. Gone are the days where you know cold emails were working. Now we're getting inundated with emails. Or And then it was gone are the days where LinkedIn was the great channel to drop in all those inline messages and mail. Well, now I'm getting inundated with a bunch of business development reps reaching out to me all the time, and I'm having to sift through my inbox even in LinkedIn. I think we have to change our tactics, and we have to also change our channels. Video is increasingly becoming even more and more important because it's delivering content in the most easily digestible and entertaining method. And because B2B buyers are mimicking that of B2B consumers, we have to remember, and almost as marketers put ourselves we are consumers at the end of the day. What are the channels that we like? And I believe 80% of a buyer's decision-making nowadays is happening completely online, thanks to plethora of information across a variety of channels. And they want to wait and become fully informed before they raise their hand. And so you have to make sure that you are very crystal clear in your messaging, that you have a great website experience, that you have great content on a variety of different platforms and channels so that they can self-guide through their discovery process. Because then when they're ready to raise their hand, they're primed. They know who you are. They know why they're interested in you. They want to learn a little bit more information than what they did gather. But you're also going to find some sales cycles shorten because you've really helped them on the front end. Absolutely. So as a marketer leaning into this new approach, where are you, like, where's your time best spent? You know, you mentioned video. Or is it creating a bunch of content? What sorts of activities are going to yield the highest ROI right now as a marketer? Yeah, well, when, Brad, when you're building a team and you're building a marketing function from scratch, it's everything, all the things, all at the same time. However, for us, a big focus has been really, we are building a new category. And with that, we have to build a brand and we have to build brand awareness. So the creating content, that creating demand is the most important thing that we can do as a marketing organization today. And then it's the capturing of that demand. But we have to create so much content on a variety of different forms and channels. And so video is a big focus for us right now. And we've partnered with a video as a service agency to help us scale that quickly. 
both blog, long form, written form, video, short snippet form, long video snippet form, short mini demo videos, entertaining high level 50,000 foot view videos, you name it, we're trying to deliver it. You know, we're looking at, we're creating consumer surveys. So we just released our very first uh, financial services CXM impact report, and it's really helping challenge. And it's the word of the mouth of the consumer that consumer telling you exactly what their customer experience is like working with financial institutions, for instance. Those things matter because it's not us or a sales rep telling you what's going on. It's a consumer on the back end telling you from their mouth what their experience is. And I think all of those different things help create the demand. You know, We've partnered with a PR agency. We're starting to do more interviews and more contributed articles. It's how can we continue to get our message out there? sharing information on review sites, getting more of our partners to provide reviews of us because word of mouth is super important. And that's probably one of the best and most successful things you can have is when your customers are referring and they're talking about you. That word of mouth is super important. So creating demand is our number one focus right now. Absolutely. When it comes to video to create demand, I'd love to get specific about the types of video content. I I think some people might think of video as in we're going to do this big, expensive shoot and production and film testimonial. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking more like thought leadership type of content, maybe interview somebody on a topic, that type of thing? Well, I mean, if you think about it, you have top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. And there is a video, several videos that you can do for all of those things. And so, yes, a customer testimonial video is an absolute wish list item that you want to be able to do, get those customer testimonials on. But that's not the only form. And there are so many other videos that you can create top of funnel and middle of funnel that is going to be able to help drive that success. So, for instance, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have when they think of CXM technology is, oh, you're just another CRM solution. Oh no, it's vastly different. It's two completely different industries and CRM does one thing and CXM does another. And so we took that as an opportunity to create a short two minute or less video on the difference between CXM and CRM. Number one, it breaks down misconceptions that you have that slow sales processes. Number two, it's two minutes or less, very easy to digest. And number three, it's very quick video to get that point across in a great top of funnel content. But then what happens is say you can have demo videos, micro snippets, the amount of times a customer says, oh, I'd like to understand how you integrate with a contact center or how do you do your phone integration or how do you integrate to your Salesforce partner? You know, those are things that you can obviously schedule a follow-up demo about right? And get your solution architect or your product specialist in to do a deep dive demo. But what about creating short snippet video, demo videos that can also be sent? It might save some of those deep dive follow-ups, especially when you're a small startup scale-up and you don't have a hundred product specialists and you're wearing a variety of different hats. They've created very short demo videos that can be sent in follow-ups as people want to do deep dives on one specific piece of functionality. That's great mid-funnel content. Absolutely. 
What does that content planning process look like? Did you basically just brainstorm the different areas of the funnel and what types of content we need for each and what to talk about? Or yeah, what does the planning process look like? It's a little, it's definitely a little bit of, of that for sure. I think from the thought leadership perspective, when you go through a rebrand of your organization and you redefine your value proposition, you know where the market thinks you are and you know where you need to be. And we discovered that because we interviewed, when we were discovering what our new value prop should be, we interviewed customers as well as internal stakeholders to really identify who do we think we are, right? And then we interviewed our customers and said, who do you think we are? And sometimes there were correlations and sometimes there were you know lines kind of crossed going opposite direction. What you uncover through a process like that when you're doing a value proposition redo is you really discover where your new North Star needs to be and really how important and how special you are to the customers that you serve and how they think that you, sometimes they bring in new ideas of things that you didn't even recognize from a value or a benefit standpoint that you were solving for them. So as you redo that value prop, you realize what messaging you need to hit. So, okay, great. If these are the things that I need to hit and get the market to understand is our new North Star and our value prop and what we're really good at. Now let's start building out all of the different pieces of video and written collateral, even social media posts that can come from really driving that home. But then when it comes to, but you have to be a partner for sales as well to really help understand and identify the mid to bottom funnel content. And it's having those frequent check-ins and conversations with your sales team. What are the things that people are commonly asking you for? What are the continued misconceptions that you have? What are the questions, for instance, that they're routinely asking you in every single call? Because if you're having 10 calls in two weeks, for instance, I'm just throwing a number out there, and they're all asking the exact same question, why not create a video for that that could be sent on the front end or sent on the back end as a great follow-up that already predicts, hey, 90% of the people are always asking this. Let's go create a video for that. So there's a variety of pieces. It's partnering with your sales team to go, how can I help shorten the sales cycle for you? It's understanding your buyer and saying, okay, if 80% of the buyer's self-guided discovery is happening online, how do I create the content that's easy for them to consume in the channels that they're in? And how do I make it so that these things are informative and they understand the value? And then what's our value proposition? Where are we going? How have we positioned in the past to where we're going now? Now let's go create a heck of a lot of content for that. So you kind of create this like rolling thunder of content, I think as well, where you just create the content brief of this idea and this North Star and all of the rolling thunder content that just goes and goes and goes and reiterates that value proposition. Absolutely. I love that. From a production standpoint, are these like on-site videos? We have a camera crew and all this, or are you mostly doing it? remotely, like over Zoom and recording and all that? Mostly remotely and over Zoom. So for instance, when we launch our new website in two weeks, we're also going to be launching the Standing Ovation Table Talk series. And what that is, this is a new series of videos that we are going to be routinely producing. And it's all about taking some of the complex questions that we get. And it's interviewing a lot of our subject matter experts, even internally and externally, on a variety of topics that we deem, hey, you let's dive deep into this. Let's have kind of a moderated Q&A. And because we are a 95% remote first, 
organization, Zoom has become our best friend. And we don't want to shy away from that. And we do have to understand too, I think every we're seeing it routinely. All of these organizations are doing layoffs going into 2023. All of these organizations are reevaluating their tech stack. You know, budget matters. And so as you're doing a startup scale-up marketing budget, I'm not immediately coming in with a budget of IBM or Amazon. I'm just throwing these large names out there. I'd love to have their budget, sure, but we have to earn it too. And we have to, there's a lot of change. So it's how do I maximize and be super, super smart? And why send a camera crew if I'm able to effectively do it remote through Zoom and have this dialogue between you and I and be able to do great editing and package it up in content that still moves the needle? but didn't cost that crazy price tag. Absolutely. As we're wrapping up here, let's talk about promotion. So you're creating all this video content. I imagine you'll put it on your new website. Where else are you promoting it? Is it content for YouTube? Is it content for LinkedIn? Yes. I don't know, maybe TikTok? Yes, yes, yes. All of it. All of it. Okay. So it is. It's content for YouTube. It's content for social media channels. It's content to drop into those view sites you know, from a G2 or a Crunchbase. It's content for Quora or content for any of our associations. For instance, we've just partnered with ABA. So we're a diamond sponsor with the American Bankers Association. So it's delivering content through that channel as well. It's content also, why not take a great interview that's been recorded and share it with your PR firm? Because maybe it helps them kick up a great contributed article that they could write or leverage to pitch to journalists from an interview or a podcast standpoint. And it's also through LinkedIn and Google and the variety of different advertising channels that you have. It's maximizing what you've got and making it work for all of those channels. Absolutely. And one final question as we wrap up and we think about heading into next year, any last final thoughts, words of advice, things you're excited about? But, you know, obviously you got this website coming out. That's exciting. Anything you want to mention as we wrap up here? Yeah. You know, going through a rebrand. So this isn't the first time that I've built a team from scratch and then gone through a rebrand or a redo. So the site's going to be a wonderful icing on the cake because... We've done a lot of change to our identity, but being able to put the cross T's dot I's on a new site and a new user experience, we're really excited about it. As we look to 2023, we have spent the time building the marketing foundation. So building the team, we've got a great team of internal marketing employees partnering with some great agencies in some cases as well, like video and PR and demand gen but we've got great product marketing and content marketing and revenue operations inside of us and graphic design. And so with that, we've built a lot of frameworks, starting competitor analyses and and a competitor Intel program and starting to build out all the new frameworks for product marketing and our release cycle and what our product team is building and getting excitement for it. Now it's all about taking that hard work the team has put in since really May and continuing to excel and grow it. So I'm really excited about 2023 and what it means for the team to get some of those foundational frameworks we've been working so hard to implement kind of down. You know, we've done it. The new identity is launched. Now let's go maximize it. And so 23 for us is going to be all about creating the demand, effectively capturing it, and really partnering with our sales team too, 
and listening to our customers and listening to our prospects so that we can continue to better market. I think every single thing in marketing is evergreen. Nothing should ever be stagnant and you never change it. You should constantly be looking to test and try new things and constantly fix and refine and retune. So it's all going to be about amplifying for us. And so we're really, really looking forward to it. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Sherry, it's been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom, insights, and knowledge. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.